Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I am here with David Henderson. Hi, y'all. Hello. Uh, we're glad you're with us. We are here to discuss this, the, right, exactly. <laughs> this sermon from this past Sunday, um, which was titled Love One Another from John 13 verses 34 through 35. <laughs> um, so David, I will say I, um, I had a little bit of a hard time, and I told you this, I think, yesterday. I had a little bit of a hard time following the sermon on Sunday morning. And then yesterday morning, when we had our staff devotion time, you kind of reviewed the overall big ideas of it and laid it out in this nice grid on a whiteboard. And I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what was wrong with me on Sunday. But, um, but basically, you talked about the verses... Um, from John 13, 34 through 35. And I don't have my Bible in front of me. And I don't I have do. those verses memorized. Yeah. And so, I mean, essentially a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, you should love one another. Uh, and this is how the world will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. It's kind of. Okay. And then you went through and took like, objections from different phrases of yeah. those verses yeah and there are four different phrases and four potential objections yep and um and your thoughts on that so we'll see if i can discern from my notes what those four are i should well let me up. before you do that let me just yeah. share something um you know one of the questions i ask every single time i preach is so what is the door into this passage um I don't want to just say, let's look at the first verse. This is what it says. Mm. This is what it means. Go do it. This is what the second verse says. Go. And so I'm, I always am trying to figure out a fresh way in, but also trying to let it stand with its own power. So the, the, the reason that I took the approach that I did on this one was I, I feel like, you know, what could be more obvious? Love one another. That's what I'm asking you to do. Go do it. You know, it's like, okay, what do we say? Um, Let's just nod our heads and say, yes, we should. But the thing that I realized is that we, um, I think there are times when something like that is said and uh, most of us is nodding and part of us is shaking our heads. Mm. And, and, and I think sometimes we aren't even conscious of the part of us that's shaking our head that is somehow almost disqualifying us. The, the yes, but that has this kind of not apply to me or in this situation. And so what, what, I, what I wanted to get in touch with was even some of my own misgivings of like, you know, as I walk through this passage, I realized there's some places I go, well, now, wait a minute. So I was trying to bring those unconscious hesitations or misgivings. I think objections is too strong of a word, but just mm -hmm. that part of me that has, has pause over this. And to kind of bring that, let that gurgle up to the surface and, and kind of flip it over a little bit and look at it and then see how the passage speaks to it. 
so yeah, there were four of those that I surfaced. Yes. And that's interesting. Yeah, objection, I can see that being too strong of a word, that it's more of a hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that. Um, you know, I hadn't ever really, really thought about it at all. But the first one was that faith is about more than just an individual relationship with Jesus. It also mm-hmm. includes the others. Like, so we tend to think of faith as a vertical relationship between us and God. And then, and then Jesus lands this love one another. And you're like, wait a second, (laughs) where did this horizontal element come in? Exactly. And I think, uh, you know, we've talked a lot along the way about some of the subtle ways that the, the evangelical church over the last couple of generations has, um, which we are, we're an evangelical church. So this is a matter of being Mm -hmm. self-scrutinizing. What are ways that we can, you know, the the gospel message is simple, but it's also sort of complicated. And sometimes we can kind of whittle it down into over simple. And sometimes the over simple version of it is, is it's you and Jesus best buds going through life together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I mean, when you stop and think about it, this is, what the gospel describes is God's project for all of humanity and all of human history and not just me and my own really, which, which is absolutely real and important and central, but there's this, this us dimension to it that I think has just been underemphasized in our preaching over the last 50 years in the church. Mm-hmm. And so it can lead to a little bit of a narrow notion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you are my sister. I am your brother. And that's true of every single follower of Christ I ever meet. One of the things that has been so stunningly moving to me as I get a chance to engage in missions in like doing seminary in suitcase in other parts of the world or going to Lausanne Congress in South Africa is I meet someone I've never met before, but we share Jesus in common. Mm -hmm. And it's like, boom, you just go to this deepest level with that person because you share the thing that matters most. And it's like, well, my brother, where have you been all my life? And my sister, where have you been all my life? Yeah, the, the wonder of that. Um. Yeah, and, and I agree. That is one thing. Um, my brother and sister both have converted to Orthodox Christianity mm-hmm. and the Orthodox Church. And one thing that I noticed about their experience is that it's so it so emphasizes community mm-hmm. and and doing life together as a community and together we fast for lent and together we mm-hmm. fast in anticipation of advent and together we you know and so it, there's so much of it that is together and communal yep. and i think one thing that we do need to that i should have said at the beginning of our discussion is just a reminder that this this passage is about the church, right? Yes. Church universal. The, Jesus is not speaking to the world and saying, right. love one another. He's speaking to the church. That's right. And his followers saying, love one yeah, another. That's exactly right. And I think that is important to recognize. And, yeah. and virtually, it's really interesting because um, this is one of those many parts of the sermon I had to leave out. <laughs> so, so often it's like, oh, I can't touch on that. But um, it is interesting how 
at the same time, this is Jesus's, each of these one another sayings are Jesus's charge to us with each other. But then you realize in other places in his teaching, almost every one of them, he also tells us to practice with the world, but it's of a different sort. So we're called to practice hospitality with each other, but we're also called to do that with the world. We're called to pray for each other, but we're also called to pray for our enemies. We're called to love one another, but we're also called to love the, those who um, have it out for us. And we're, so it's interesting that virtually uh, every one of these, uh, with a few exceptions, like living in harmony with one another within the body of Christ or some of those kinds of things, mm-hmm. that they're almost all replicated. But yeah, his focus in these one another's is, is on us. And mm-hmm. it, it's interesting that some people uh, now recently have gone back and looked at the Reformation and Martin Luther's emphasis in particular and John Calvin and others on this mm-hmm. individual relationship I have with God being opened up by a proper understanding of the gospel. And they have said that that, that accurate orthodox interpretation of scripture sort of for the first time sowed the seed for at the very same time for this spirit of independence and isolation and and privatization of the faith mm-hmm. that that the very thing that became a gift to the church also ended up undermining it an aspect of the church so so we're trying to rediscover this usness which for jesus is just a given well mm-hmm. of course this is a family affair. This is all of us together, your brothers and sisters in Christ together. I, you know, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of every strength taken to an extreme it becomes a weakness, yes. right? So every emphasis on the individual taken to extreme leads to isolation. Yes. And at the same time, every emphasis on community taken to the extreme leads to the disintegration. I don't know, to the um, ig- uh, ignoring of the individual. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. also not like there That's is right. both. And it's both. And that's I right. That so many times in our conversations yeah. over the months. That's right. Yeah, that's both right. And. and I think in the United States, the corrective we need is the one towards community. It just, to me, it's so valuable yeah. to remember that probably 93% of the verbs you encounter in the new Testament are in the plural. Mm. It's, I mean, if we live in the South, we could just keep saying y'all and put that in front of every verb. Y'all pray for each other. Y'all, you know, that's, and because that's what's really going on in the language. And we miss that. And we read them as individual kind of solo letters. Well, probably enough said on that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the second, um, the second hesitation is a new command. Right. Those, those three were, I think command was kind of the, like, oh, this feels like a burden, like. Yes. It could feel like a burden or like a, a another task that I have to check off my list kind of. Yes, exactly. Kind of. Thing. And here we are in this grace-based relationship and suddenly we're kind of back in the world of laws and rules and commandments and um, mm-hmm. yeah, how do, how do those things fit together exactly? Mm-hmm. And your, and your point was, it's not, a, it's, it, we don't want to think of it as a command as much as a charge. Can you tell yes. us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's interesting that when the word um, isn't so much meant to be understood as a rule that we are assigned or obligated to follow, as it is a charge that's being given. And as soon as you give a charge, uh, you think of like an an older patriarch in his family, he's nearing death, and he gives a charge to his family to, to, uh, to continue to live out their family values and that kind of thing. And, you know, it's so a charge comes in the context of a love relationship. 
with a person in a position of authority and it is an entrusting of something Mm. entrusting of a duty or an entrusting of a responsibility before I go, this is what I would ask of you. Mm -hmm. And, and then it also is meant, I think clearly to be seen as a gift. If I feel like this is just a burden he's putting on me that now I suddenly just have to love every person around me instead of, no, this is Jesus saying, I am bringing you into an incredible gift. Mm-hmm. which is the gift of a family of brothers and sisters who are all loving each other in the same way. So it becomes um, a cherished invitation and, uh, and trust and gift rather than just this burdensome ought to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think I'm going to skip one. Um, because I think it just relates so, oh wait, no, it goes into the very next one. (laughs) I'm looking at my, at my picture of the whiteboard from yesterday and (laughs) my notes and I'm getting confused, but that leads directly into, um, even as I have loved you, like it, it, it can't, when I think I have to love everyone in our church or everyone in the who follows Jesus, that can feel very burdensome. But then when I realize, even as I have loved you, as even as Jesus has loved me, he gives me the, the well of his love. And, and the over out of that overflow of his love is where I can love others. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that moves into the realm of the mystery and um, and the awesomeness um, as you consider what that really means theologically is Jesus, God gives us himself in terms of the Holy Spirit indwelling us mm-hmm. who becomes like the source of that, the little nuclear power plant on the inside of us. That's the generator, this divine generator of divine love for other mm-hmm. human beings. So it's, um, it's not even just me being stirred by his example. You know, that carries me about 23 minutes and then I get grumpy and tired and frustrated and think about myself. But it, when the spirit of God is at work in me, uh, bringing me into and flowing through me divine love, then it becomes a totally different experience. I just can't help but think about the story Corey Ten Boom told. Oh, yeah. Oh, my heart. So Corey yeah. Ten Boom, for those who don't know, she was um, she was imprisoned in a, in a, a death camp during World War II in in Nazi Germany, and um, one of the guards after after the war she survived death camp she um started talking about her experiences and after the war one of the notorious guards who tormented her and her sister came up to her after her talk and said i'm a follower of jesus now so now you forgive me and you love me and she was like that might have been my words, but, um, but she basically stood there kind of frozen, like, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is crazy. And she just kind of sent one of those arrow prayers up to the Lord and just said, I can't do it. I cannot do this. I cannot love this man. You have to do it. 
and her, her hand slowly reached out and she shook. And as soon as she touched his hand, God's love poured through her yeah. to this man. And I, like that just, feel, it's so stunning to read her account. Yeah, it absolutely is. That's a great example. And there, um, you know, I think that that is one of the secrets that turns Christianity around from something that feels burdensome and that some level we start to give up on because it feels undoable. It's mm -hmm. just me mustering this up, me pulling this out of myself to suddenly being this kind of joyful adventure of freedom. There, mm. there are so many times I walk into a situation. I mean, I, one of the gifts I have as being a pastor is I've been confronted with my own inability and shortcoming and lack of resources so often that I don't have any illusion that I bring something into the room with me. I know I come in with empty hands and empty pockets. And then to watch how God works that, it just, there is such freedom. Mm. Did, did I do it right? Did I, did I do it enough? Did I, it's mm. not, it's just, mm -hmm. God, once again, I am a conduit mm -hmm. because apart from you, I've got nothing to bring. I've, there's no way in this relationship or in this situation that I, mm -hmm. that, that I can love well, and then to watch how God does that in me, through me, in spite of me. Yes. And I think when it, you know, and it's admitting that I don't have it, right? That's the first step, like admitting, Absolutely. like, I can't do it. I can't do That's it, right. God, you need to do it for me um, or through me. Um, that, and then, and then, which leads right into the next point, which is by this, the world will know that you are my disciples. Yes. And it's, you know, only, only through Jesus can Corey Ten Boom shake the hand and love the guard who tormented her just five or six years earlier. Yeah. Yes. And if it's me mustering it up, then it's something that I can take pride in and it's something that draws the attention of others to me. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's, if it is God empowering a love of which I'm incapable, then, and this is another one of those mysteries when I love you, God reveals God. And I, that it, it sounds so simple and, um, but I think in, that is at the heart of all effective witness as we round the corner into what I think is going to be a pretty challenging next couple of decades culturally as the church loses its cultural footing and is more and more pushed to the side in terms of perceived relevance. And, uh, and we, what do we have to offer to the world that rejects us? It's the love of God. And so when we are loving each other, God reveals God. And forgiveness. I think the more I look and look at the, the culture around us, there's no forgiveness. Right. And well, there's no basis for it. What's the right. point? There, there's no, there's no why, and there's no power to do it. Yes. Yeah. It's absolutely one of the distinctives of the Christian church. That's right. And, you know, we forgive because Christ forgave us. We love because Christ forgave, loves us. And I think you know, it's just again and again, I just, I'm 
compelled to, to direct my gaze and to direct my thoughts heavenward to, you know, to how great is our God and how loving is Jesus and how empowering is the Holy Spirit and how amazing it is that God chose me. And when, when I'm filling my mind and my heart with these thoughts, then um, it doesn't make it easy or simple, but in some ways it also does make it easy and simple to say, oh, well, that's, I'm going to, I can forgive that even if it's, you know, hurtful or I can love you even if you're unloving or, un, or in my mind, unlovable, not you specifically, but another person. <laughs> Thank you that that's not for me specifically. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I think Travis uh, um, obviously is incredibly gifted. One of his real gifts is in the way that he crafts a service and thinks about song selection. And I loved what he did at the end of the service on Sunday. I don't know if you noticed this, but we got through this whole section on essentially Jesus saying, love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. We got to the very end and the song that we sang wasn't a, so let's go love each other. Let's go love each other. Let's go love each other. It was, this is what the love of Jesus is like. It took us back to, the source of which we're blessed to just be fountains and drinking fountains and, and, and hoses and whatever else we're the disseminators of the, of that. And of that forgiving of that gracious, of that beautiful, of that lavish of that never ending of that pursuing love with which we've been loved. Mm -hmm. And what a gift hmm. to be the recipient of yeah. that. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I think the one thing uh, to take a little bit of a risk here, I think the one thing that um, well, a thing that was in the backdrop a little bit of this conversation in my mind was just thinking about the, the continued fragmenting of the church in mm. the face of all of the mask and vaccine business against the backdrop of all the politics business and the race business and all of that. And I just, um, and, and so one of the things that I was thinking was of the ways that we read something like this, hear it from Jesus's lips and say, Oh, of course. Yeah. That's so important. That's so right. That's so good. Hmm. And then we get miffed and, and we hold on to a, a cause that, has gripped us disproportionately and somehow we we, we, we uh, opt out of this being the expectation Jesus has of us in, in those hard conversations. And, you know, part of what I've, I've just been thinking about a lot is uh, this whole business of it, in our family, this is how we do things. You know, other churches are going to do things in other ways, but we're really persuaded that this is for real. Jesus isn't saying asterisk on this. And you look down at the Greek at the bottom of the page and it says, when you feel like it mm. or when it's easy. Or when um, they agree with you. That's exactly right. And, and I think we are, this is a fault line along which we are being tested. And, mm. and I believe that 
times we're shining and at other times we're not so much. And I, so I think just as a pastor who loves the flock, you know, I, I think these are words that come probingly to us and I hope they can lead to us having our hearts open before the Lord and, and, um, and pull out our pencils while we're in prayer and erase the asterisk that we put on this mm. new command that Jesus gives to us that we would love one another and, and let it be period at the end of that. Even when I am flamingly in disagreement with you, I still get to love you and I still get to be loved by you. It's mm. kind of a, may it be so. Yeah, may it be so. And may we be open to the Holy Spirit's leading. We're in the middle of those situations. That's, right. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, simple, but not easy. <laughs> Why is that ever true? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining me today, David. A joy. Appreciated your time. And thank you all for joining us, whether you mm. joined us live or on our um, blog or on our podcast. We are glad that you are here. And let us know if you have questions or interactions. We, um, you can comment or email connect at covenantepc.org. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for well, not you, Bye-bye. but Brentley. All right. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Bye.